Yeah. Hey man, it's me, Nick. Nick! Dude, it's been a while. Here, grab a seat. Hey, thanks. Uh, just wanted to check up on you, man. I've not gotten to see you. You uh, doing all right these days? Oh, great, man. Great. Just great. I've been so busy with projects. Worked to death, man. Oh, oh, let me show you my latest invention. Check it out. Now, I gotta warn you. It's just an edible Ninja Turtle prototype. But I call him Macaroni Mikey. Took me about two weeks to get the shell right. Oh, uh, wow. That, that's something. Are you sure you're okay, man? Oh, great, man. Better than ever. You know, at first it was tough being away from the retro gaming community, but I'm okay, really. You know, it, it, I bought me a new place closer to the city. I'm about to release my macaroni turtle toy line. Hopefully, if things really take off, I can quit one of my day jobs. Uh, Rob, why don't you work for me? I'm bringing Gems back. Gems? Man, I haven't heard that name in a long time. I appreciate it, man, but I just don't have it anymore. I can't even be Sonic nowadays. I I'm washed up, man. I'm a bum. Bum? Do you know who you are? You're Rob Luther. Hoser Rob Luther. I've got some Genesis games and some Mountain Dew. All I need from you is one thing. What? The Eye of the Titan. Again. But I... Again. Dodge those robot animal things. I I'll try, but... There is no try. Again. Uh, take this! Uh, good. Now Streets of Rage. Fine. Now Golden Axe. You got it. Uh, Street Fighter. You win. Perfect. That's all you got? Now the ultimate test. Take it. Oh, God. There, I beat it. Rob, you're ready. What do you say? Want to be my Genesis Gym wingman again? Well, I don't know. Uh... I'll do most of the work. I'm in. So wow, Rob Luther is back. He's no longer a bum. I'm hoping you're not still inventing that crazy machine you're talking about. I'm really hoping I talk some sense into you. I don't know, but Rob Luther is back. He is back on Genesis Gems episode 10, and hopefully a mainstay as long as I can keep at him and uh, keep him out of that bum situation. Yeah. So as long as I don't get fired. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I won't fire you as long as you, uh, you know, don't become a bum again. Uh, you know what? I gotta say though, my macaroni turtle toy line. I think it's gonna be a hit. Oh my, okay, well, we might just want to stick with the gems, maybe. <laughs> well, you know what, if things really take off, man, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll remember you, buddy. I'll throw a couple bucks your way. That's true. You, you, can, you can give us a uh, name drop when you're uh, promoting your new macaroni line. <laughs> okay. Don't they already make turtle macaronis, by the way? <laughs> they probably do. As a matter of fact, I think Vanilla Ice actually uh, was in a commercial about that recently, so... Oh, yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, there that's... goes that idea. 
Go Ninja, go Ninja, go. That's right. All right, so Rob, how you been, man? Uh, doing great, man. I've been happy to, you know, I, Nick and I, we always kind of joke around. We're like, hey, you know, one day we're going to work together again. And, well, it, it happens sooner than we thought, so I'm pumped up to be here, man. Yeah, he, he, he just couldn't stay away from the bromance. We have this real... <laughs> We have this amazing bromance going on. He just couldn't stick away from it. He got a little jealous. Got a little jealous because I was I was kind of connecting with Michael Kelso a little bit last week. Right, I noticed some, that. Some, some some sparks, but not quite the igni- <laughs> not quite the ignition of the bromance of Rob and Nick. So. Yeah, our wives kind of give us a hard time about it. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know where it started, but you know it, it continues. I couldn't stay away. Oh, good, good. Well, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you're back. Glad to be back, and I'm glad to discuss this game, man. I, I'm pumped up. Absolutely, and we're still going to have some some guests. So some people have promised some uh, guest spots. We're still going to do that. Still have a uh, rotating chair for a while. We'll mm-hmm. see how that works. So we're definitely going to do that. But uh, yes, this is Genesis Gems episode ten. We've been on and off for a while, but we did make it to number ten. I love getting to episode ten on any podcast I'm on because <laughs> it's just exciting. You hit the double digits finally in the episodes. So, so we did it. And I want to encourage everyone to go out and check out the old episodes. We, we just did episode 9, uh, Michael Kelso and I, about Beyond Oasis. Uh, great game. It was a gem, we decided. So go check that out. We are on iTunes, of course. And uh, you can find us on Facebook.com slash Genesis Gems Podcast. We are on Twitter at Jim Gems. Jim Gems. G-E-N-G-E-M-S. As a, I can't quite say that very well. Uh, check us out on the Retro Junkies website, uh, theretrojunkies.com. Yeah, so we're, we're here. That's how you can connect with us. And uh, just a reminder for everyone out there listening uh, what this podcast is about. We're going to go game by game, Sega Genesis games. And uh, we have some really awesome segments, but at the end of it, it's all about talking about if this game's really a gem. In one of the segments, I kind of gave uh, the Genesis game three three categories. It's gem, it's just good, or it's garbage. So we're going to kind of use those three categories. But uh, a, a gem to me, and I think to most of the, co- or the hosts that have been on this show, is a is that Sega Genesis game you just can't live without. It's it's the game that makes your collection good, and there's a ton of gems that we're going to talk about. Some good games that, eh, you know, it's all right, and then some garbage. So that's kind of that's kind of what what a gem is uh, to me, and you know, to everyone that's been on been a host on here. So, you you know what? Speaking of that, I got to listening to some of the old episodes, and I think I've said gem for every single one except for the Techno Cop one, which I couldn't be on for. So. <laughs> I, I gotta stop doing that, you know, because I gotta think. Okay, this has to be a game that I can't live without. But every single one of the games I have, so you know, it's it's hard. And you guys yeah. are still breaking my heart about Crewball, man. Uh, yeah, I know, man. It's, yeah, you know, it's not cool. Yeah, I know. I, know. I, I think you're getting paid by Sega or something. Coming on here saying <laughs> every game's a gem. Look at you. Oh, uh, they are. I mean. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so you're not in denial that they won the console war. I'm not the only guy. Like in the last episode, I said that's why everyone quit because I was <laughs> still in denial that they won the console war. <laughs> well, I wanted to come and you know back you up on that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. <laughs> oh, uh, and you know what? Well, you know, that also reminds me. The last episode, uh, Kelso, uh, my good friend Michael. You know, he's like, you know, Rob made some promises, and you're right, I did, and I, I apologize, but hey, you, you got to come on, man. <laughs> that's right, that's right. And I so, hopefully you get to come back on again. Oh, I'm, I'm sure he will. We had a good time, so awesome. So yeah, Rob, you, you do some other things. Um, you know, you're in some other podcasts, you have some other some other projects out that's there. Right, How about, I think it's time for you to promote yourself. Promote yourself. Promote yourself. Promote yourself on the Genesis Gems Podcast.
promote yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. Um, The main podcast that I'm involved in right now is Turtle Flakes. And it's basically a podcast that covers the Ninja Turtles in three different waves. You know, you have your your classic turtles from the from the eighties. You know, and we talk about the comics from the eighties, the toy line from the eighties, the cartoon, uh, and anything in between. And then you know we have kind of what I call you know the the more dark ages of the turtles. You know, and that would be like the mid to late nineties. You know, that's the when Image took over the comic series. Uh, that's when the original cartoon was canceled, and they did the uh, <coughs> next mutation. <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, and then there's also the third wave of what we call the turtles, you know, and that's like the early 2000s to the current, um, incarnation of the turtles. So we try to cover literally every iteration of Ninja Turtles there is. We've got a lot of good interviews that we've had so far. We've interviewed Pat Fraley. Uh, he was the voice of Krang and Baxter Stockman from the original series. Uh, we've interviewed Jim Lawson, who's one of my favorite comic book writers of all time, very heavily involved in the Turtle comics. Just uh, today, we interviewed Isaac Elliott Fisher, who is the producer of Turtle Power. It's a uh, new Turtle documentary coming out. So we, we do interviews, we do green screens where we just provide commentary, and we pretty much cover everything about the Ninja Turtles, usually like a toy focus, a comic focus, uh, you know, then we'll do a green screen or something like that. So, yeah, just been, uh, you know, Turtle Flakes, it's on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Turtle Flakes podcast. Uh, we're on Twitter, at Turtle Flakes, and we're on iTunes and Podomatic.com. So. So, so the guy you interviewed's name was Isaac Elliott Fisher? Yes. That's hilarious because my my oldest son's name is Isaac, my youngest son's name is Elliot. That's <laughs> that's awesome. I, that's random. But Do they I both just, like the fish. I don't know. Oh, I'm, awesome. My oldest does, but the youngest one, he's just a little too young to know. But yeah, uh, the echo what you said. Turtle Flakes is awesome because uh, they even talk about like the figures, and uh, I always wondered how how is someone going to talk about an action figure on the podcast? <laughs> but I, I love the depth you guys get into. You talk about we're the, nerds. The way it, well, I love it because you talked about the way it bends and it moves, and I'm just as big as nerd because when I was a kid, I used to complain certain toys, their legs wouldn't move the right way because I couldn't kick the other toys with them or you know, <laughs> or their arms are too stiff. And it's just funny that you guys kind of had the same impression with toys, so it made me feel a little less dorky. Yeah, well, <laughs> we're still playing with ours. Well, that's fine. I'm, I'm sitting here holding a uh, some kind of a thumb wrestler my son left on the desk. Looks like Bill Goldberg or something. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, Rob, Rob's been doing podcasts for a while and he's he and uh landon long are one of the big reasons i even got into the podcast world so again oh, thanks, rob man you do an awesome job you and josh do a great job with turtle flakes so hopefully we can do a little cross uh uh show one day with some turtle games for the genesis that'd be kind of fun oh dude that would be a blast that sounds great man we'll have to do that so, sounds great all right so the only question with that would be would i be gems rob or would i be turtle flakes rob i don't know you might get split <laughs> might be like uh worlds collide Exactly. Maybe like 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 a the past and future rub, you know. <laughs> nice. That, that, that sounds like a like a good uh, skit waiting to happen. <laughs> I I think we could do it. <laughs> Without anything else, let's uh let's start this game. Game on, buddy. Game on. Game on. Yeah, game on. Sega. Okay, so Sonic the Hedgehog, the first Sonic game to ever face any video game system out there. I'm just gonna. We're just gonna go right into this. Uh, do you have any special memories involved with that, Rob? Maybe the first time you played it, or? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I certainly do, my friend. Um, I guess I should start out like. Let me ask you this: You ever have a friend that always kind of beats you to something? You know, they're, they're, they always have like the first step towards something. Yep, yep. Yeah. Well, I've got like two of them, or at least I did when I was a kid. <laughs> you know, Eddie. His name was Eddie, and uh, the other one was Frankie. 
And uh, Eddie, you know, he was the one. I wrote an article a while ago about Ninja Turtles 3, the Manhattan Project. And, you know, Eddie and Frankie and I, we were all over there for this pool party and everything. And, you know, he gets Turtles 3. And Frankie and I absolutely love that game. We're like, wow, that's the greatest game ever. So I decide, you know, to ask Santa Claus for Christmas that year if I could get Turtles 3. So... I finally, you know, Christmas rolls around. I finally get Turtles 3. I'm so excited. I call my buddy Frankie up to say, hey, man, I got it. And he's like, oh, yeah, I got that game, too. Oh, and by the way, I got a Sega Genesis. You want to come over and play? I was like, oh, he totally schooled me on that. <laughs> so I go up there, never seen a Sega Genesis before. Uh, and the first game he played was Tasmanian Devil something. I, I, maybe it's just called Tasmanian Devil. That was the first Sega Genesis game that I ever witnessed. But then the other game was Sonic the Hedgehog. And I'll never forget watching it on his TV, and it literally kind of made me dizzy. It was moving so fast, and I was like, I can't, I can't even like keep up with what's happening. How can you have the coordination to do this? I mean, it, all, it was almost jarring and shocking to me. And then, at the same time, I was fascinated. I was like, this is the coolest thing I have ever seen. And then a year later, I got my Genesis, and it actually came with the Sonic 2 cartridge. And that was like the one time I could kind of throw it in his face, like, yeah, <laughs> I got Sonic 2. Do you have Sonic 2 yet? <laughs> and at the time, he didn't, so I felt good. No, he's probably, I got Sonic 3. Yeah, yeah, it's like, it didn't come out yet. <laughs> yeah, so how about you, man? Yeah, um, well, it, it's funny, because I didn't actually have a, a Genesis during that, that life cycle. Mm -hmm. uh, I actually got it a few years about in the mid-90s when I actually got Genesis, but there was a local video game uh, rental store down the road from where I lived, and if you had enough money, you could rent the system. So huh. ab about about once once a month or so, I would save up some money, and it was, I think it was even back then it was $20. You wow. Could rent, for I could one rent night? The, for, for the weekend, I think. Oh, okay. Well, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd usually keep it for the weekend, and uh, I remember renting the Genesis a lot, and, and I'd always <laughs> get Sonic. And uh, it, it was just one of those things that, you know, I back then you just couldn't, most families couldn't afford two systems, so right. I kind of just got whatever my brother had. So it was a Super Nintendo. Not, I, and, I, and I don't, just because this is a Sega Genesis podcast, <laughs> I don't hate the Super Nintendo. I just, I, I love them both. But we're, we're going to talk Sega. We're going to talk Genesis here. <laughs> so I remember getting that for the first time and, and just being blown away. Not, not only by the, the graphics, and even at a young age, I thought that music was so awesome. Even today, I, I, I love the music. But to, to see a character run so fast on screen and, and the scrolling to keep up with the character and the, back then I had no clue what scrolling was and all this stuff but it, it was just so smooth and so fast and just I don't know there was some, something about that character that just being a kid and seeing a cool blue hedgehog I mean a hedgehog of all things right. was just so cool and uh, you know I, I, there's a lot of a lot of my friends who talked a lot about it and you know I, I did love Mario but there was just I, I guess that's where I didn't own it that it was just so much special and, and so it's like I want. I wanted to play it more than Mario because I I had Mario and I could play it anytime I wanted to. But it was just like this need to to get the Genesis every now and then and play Sonic. But l later on in the mid '90s, I I got a Genesis. I bought off a friend, and it came with the uh, the six pack. I don't know if you heard about that. Oh it's yeah, the, I had that. Yeah. Uh, with uh, Streets of Rage, Golden Axe, um, Columns, there are a couple others on there. Yeah, Revenge of Shinobi, Super Hang On, I think. And oh of course, yeah, that's it. Of course, of course, Sonic the Hedgehog. So I, I ended up getting that and just playing sonic to death so, i mean it's <laughs> it, it was just it was great great times as a kid like i said i, I always because usually when i'd rent the genesis i'd rent two or three games and sonic always seemed to be the one i'd, I'd get along with you know whatever some spider-man game or a boxing right. game or something <laughs> whatever it was there so yeah that, that was my memory i just it was one of those things i wanted so bad 
and when I finally got it, it never got old. I mean, I can still play Sonic today and have a blast with it. Yeah, that, that's something, because I never, I don't think I ever had, uh, there was a Blockbuster near our house, but I don't think they actually w- allowed us kids to actually rent the system. Uh, I don't, uh, that, that's a new one on me, that's neat. Yeah, it, it was a locally owned shop, and uh, what, what's funny is I actually bought some Genesis games off of a uh, fellow podcaster, Andy Layton, who uh, hosts. Hey, the, Andy! Uh, yeah, who hosts the Cartridge Freaks, and uh, I actually bought Booger Man off of him. And when <laughs> I um, when I opened up the case, the uh, the instruction manual was a photocopy, and it actually was Network Video, which is the video story we rented to from as a kid. Wow! Had, had the sticker on it and everything. So that, that that's. To me, that's almost better than having the original manual because that brought back so many uh, childhood memories. Because <laughs> yeah, before people didn't realize how wrong that was and copyright issues, they they would always photocopy all the manuals. Oh <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they staple them. So I mean, that's I just thought that was cool. So a lot a lot of cool memories. That that shop, that video store still open, but it's got like ten movies and a ton of tanning beds. <laughs> so oh, okay. it's, not, it's not really your rental store anymore because they're kind of dead, which is sad. But you should go in there, and be like, hey, you got any Sonic? <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't that be awesome? Let's <laughs> go there. Where's your Genesis? <laughs> Can I rent one? <laughs> so, great memories. And uh, we're going to insert some memories here from some of our fellow retro junkies and uh, what they loved about Sonic. Hello, Sega Nation. This is Chad. Uh, shh, don't tell Nick. I'm sending this in. But um, I remember Sonic the Hedgehog. Like, oh, man. I, I had a Super Nintendo. And I just walked into my buddy's house and he had a Sega. And uh, I remember him popping this uh, this game in, and all of a sudden there was this, there was this music and and bright colors, and and this guy he was moving so fast, this little blue guy, and I remember it taking me off guard, like, oh my gosh, what is this? And I, I tried to play it, and it really, I don't know, it was hard. It was a difficult game. So um, yeah, that was that was my memory of uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Anyway, it was something else. <laughs> I still have problems playing it. Anyway, thanks, guys. Bye. Well, hello, Genesis Gems. This is Willie here from the ColecoVisions podcast, offering my memories of Sonic the Hedgehog. Well, back when we first picked up this game, my wife and I, one of the first things that we really liked about the game was uh, the intro, where it actually would say, you know, Sega... Uh, we kept hitting the reset button constantly just to hear that on the TV screen. We thought it was pretty cool. But, but among the, the things we really liked about was how Sonic had an attitude. Uh, if you put him on a ledge or something like that, he would sit there and swing his arms in circles like he's going to fall off. Or if you would just let him stand there, not move at all, he would sit there and look at the screen and start tapping his foot. My wife would just hoot and holler every time it would do, he would do that. So uh, another thing that was pretty impressive about the game was the, just the raw speed of it. Uh, getting Sonic moving really fast through those levels and shooting all over the place. Uh, it was it was really neat to see. Uh, it's still a game that we enjoy playing even today. Uh, matter of fact, it's probably one of uh, the first games we ever bought for the system. Uh, when we had the system, we only had Golden Axe and Alter Beast, which is Alter Beast is the one it came with uh, when we bought it on launch day. So with only uh, three games in our possession, Sonic got a lot of play time, and we still enjoy it today. So thanks for uh, doing this show, Nick. It's it's awesome. Been listening since the beginning. So uh, keep up the great work. Sega!
run, you little hedgehog. Come on, let's go get Dr. Robotnik. Lullabell, get over here. Help me get this dang thing over this maze. All right, and we actually have a couple of written responses. Um, you know, not written, but typed, you know. And Sarah Ferguson, who's actually our buddy um, uh, Robert Ferguson from Atari 2600 Game by Game Podcast, uh, Ferg. It's his wife, and uh, she worked at KB Toy Store, and here's her first impression of Sonic the Hedgehog when it hit store shelves. When I worked at KB in the early 90s, we had a demo running of Sonic the Hedgehog on a big TV at the front of the store. I could not watch it for very long since it made me dizzy and was obviously inferior to Super Mario. One day, a woman in her 40s had an epileptic seizure in the store, which was very scary. Soon after, I read about Japanese kids having seizures because of the speed and flashing of, of one of the cartoons. Did Sonic the Hedgehog cause a seizure? I don't know. But I took that game out of the machine and never put it back in again. So, wow. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> That'd be awful. I, you know, if, if if all you're doing was just going as fast as you can, I can see that getting dizzy. I mean, that's I, I could I could probably get dizzy from that. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, like you know, kind of going back to what you mentioned with the scroll rate and everything. You know, I was used to, uh, like uh, one one particular level that always you know when I think of scrolling, I think of Super Mario three. I know this is Sega podcast, but you know, <laughs> it's like level f- four or five on the first world. Uh, where you know the entire screen, you're you're jumping on these platforms, you know, uh, while the screen's moving along. And if you don't jump fast enough, it's gonna you know kill you. Well, that was very very slow compared to what Sonic the Hedgehog did. I mean, pretty much the scroll and frame rate kept up with the speed of the sprites. Uh, and you know, to me, I'd never seen anything move that quickly, and I would get dizzy. I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so I can understand that. So uh, so thank you, Sarah, for writing writing in. Yeah, that's a really neat memory. I, I, it's always fun to talk to people who worked worked around video games mm-hmm. in retail or whatever during the 90s and hearing those kind of stories. I love that. It's yeah. awesome. Th- thank you so much for that memory. Whatever. You love hearing about stories of kids who have seizures. That's not true. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Call you a hoser. Uh, take off. <laughs> take off. <laughs> you got to say hoser at least one, one time on every Retro Junkies podcast. That's right. That's right. So, Sonic the Hedgehog, I, I, I read up on it a little bit this week, so some of this I knew, uh, some I didn't, so I, I just wanted to kind of dig into the history of how, how it started. And uh, can, I, can I interrupt you for one second? You can interrupt me all you want, buddy. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I want to see how versed you are in this. Oh, no. All right, let me ask you, let me ask you this one question. I'm only going to put it on the spot once. How old was Sonic the Hedgehog in the first game? How old was he? Yes. Oh, gosh. I don't. I don't know. I'm gonna guess. Let's say 13. Close. Very close. 15 oh. years old. Oh man, he can almost drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and you know what? That was 23 years ago. So you know how old Sonic is now? He's like, oh, uh, can I get my calculator? <laughs> yeah, he's like 38 now. Oh wow. He's, Sonic, you know, Sonic's. Uh, you know, he's. Yeah. Well, 38's the new 20. So. <laughs> He'll be all right. Maybe he can. Uh, maybe Sonic can summon his younger side and uh, actually make a good game. Right. Right. I. Sh- <laughs> I sure hope so. Should we get into some of the history? Is yes, cool? I'm sorry, I really interrupted oh, you. Go fine. ahead. No, 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 no. that's fine. I, I, I like the natural organic talk. So, so yeah, yeah. I, I studied up a little bit. Like I said, I, I knew some of this, but some of it was kind of news to me. Um, you know, this was developed by the team called the Sonic Team or Sonic Team, just simple. I had no clue that they had changed their name. They were originally, I hope I get this right. They were Sega AM8, and when they started making Sonic, you know. Um, they wanted a mascot because when the Genesis came on the scene, it was mainly ports of arcade games. And it, it, I, it was packed in with Altered Beast, which to us was a gem, but I don't think that was selling it. 
it wasn't quite your your it didn't really give competition to Mario, so they wanted to create a mascot. And they actually had a few uh, different ideas that, that they someone had developed an actual prototype of a game of someone going real fast and being able to duck and spinning a ball and, and go. And they actually had a few ideas of animal other animals who went fast, like a, I think a kangaroo was one of them. And uh, but they they wanted something that had a little bit of an attitude to it, something a little a little bit I don't want to say mean, but they the uh, the the two that had made it through the thought process was an armadillo and a hedgehog and so I, eventually you know they picked the hedgehog and i think the armadillo idea was actually evolved in another game i can't remember the characters now I, I didn't play a lot of the later sonic games when it got crazy well that wouldn't but, be uh, uh that wouldn't be rocket knight right was rocket knight a possum i think yeah i think he was a possum okay yeah uh, possums I hate those things but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> i could go on about that but so yeah they, they they created him um to be the mascot of the genesis and i i, I love i read up a little bit on the uh, artists who who drew him, and they talked about how they would draw real thick black outlines to make him stand out more. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, start, I started to look at the cover art a little bit, and you can really see that, especially like in um, like where his ears go up and the, kind of the, the spikes on his back. There's some real dark black outlines, that, and it does. It kind of makes him pop in the environment. It does, yeah. So there's a very colorful. Well, I love the way his eyes are shaped. It's like this giant, like it almost looks like a giant V, you know, right. coming down. His head. And it's, it's just it's so iconic. I don't know. I, I don't even really know what a hedgehog looks like. Probably, I'm sure, I'm sure it's not blue. And, yeah, you know. certainly not like him. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, speaking of the blue and everything, uh, they actually chose the blue because you know of the Sega logo, and uh, they chose the red shoes and the white gloves because they wanted to kind of. It, it was inspired by Michael Jackson, who at that time was huge. I mean, oh, that, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, and as a matter of fact, Michael Jackson was supposed to be a big part of the composition of the third game. Um, and I, I think he still somehow was credited with composing some of the tracks, like in the credits, I think. I'll definitely double-check that, and if I'm wrong, please, you know, somebody uh, let us know. But I definitely know that the Sega producers were really into Michael Jackson at that time. Yeah, and, and you know, not to get off to- topic of Sonic, but they really tried to get some of the mainstream media in the Genesis with with, with, the, with the Moonwalker game. And I believe it was, uh, was a Buster Douglas boxing that was in the beginning, or was that? I yeah, think was- so. Yeah, yeah, it was one of the boxing games, and you know, of course, they had the licensed Spider-Man, one of some of the first games in that Taz game you talked about. So they mm-hmm. they were really trying to get some of the famous media pulled into it, and you know, it's like it, t- it took their own creation of a mascot to really push that forward and, and right. give the Genesis the identity that they had. So, which I thought was cool. I love that story about how they developed Sonic as as the mascot. They 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 knew they needed a mascot, so eventually they stopped packing the Altered Beast in with the Genesis and packing Sonic in, which a brilliant idea right so it finally gave them that 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 competition with mario so yeah yeah and they they also you know sonic the, sega realized that uh alex kid was just not keeping up with super mario and, and yeah. they they needed they needed their top guys and at the time um uh was it yuji naka and naoto oshima i'm probably saying that wrong but naka developed fantasy star 2 um, and then he would go on to develop a lot of other Sonic games and stuff. But, you know, he was one of the top guys developing for Sega. And, and they pretty much, you know, designed a team around him. And uh, they were like, look, we need we need a new mascot. This game needs to be amazing. And it was. I mean, it, I think it probably exceeded what they ever imagined, you know, Sega would have ever imagined with this game. So, I, I mean, you know, and it's and it's a testament to the Sonic franchise, or, you know, Sega as a whole, because... To this day, you, you, when you think of mi- video game mascots, you think of two people, don't you? 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's Sonic and it's Super Mario. I mean, to yeah. this day, it, despite the fact that the quality of the Sonic games has kind of been on a decline for quite some time. You know, and that just that goes to show you how amazing these games were back in the day. And, you know, even my four-year-old son, he'll, he'll <laughs> see a picture of Sonic. Immediately, he knows that's Sonic. So, <laughs> right. Even with the generation coming up, it's... Because there's even cartoons on Netflix he'll watch with Sonic, and he he seems to like them. I don't think they're very good, but he'll, <laughs> he'll watch those. And he, uh, you know, when I was preparing for the podcast, I was playing uh, Sonic One on my on my Genesis, and he turns on my Xbox where I downloaded Sonic Two, and he was playing that right beside me. So it's kind of funny. Oh, nice! Playing Sonic One and Sonic Two on two different TVs in the same room. So <laughs> yeah, he he loves the game. So I mean, it's it's kind of neat how that's stood the test of time, and that's you know. That's kind of what we'll talk about in this game, being as good as it was. So, and and something special about Sonic, we you know we, we we look back. It's his 23rd birthday. We talked about it a little bit, and I believe that was a couple of days ago. It was a few days before your birthday, June 23rd. So, yeah, you you kind of almost share the same birthday as the Sonic. That's kind of exciting. <laughs> I didn't even know that too. You brought that to my attention. I had no idea. Yeah, well, um, I, I don't even know if they, they they told me they didn't want to shout out, but there's a Facebook group I just joined uh, about Sega. I think they're called Sega Collectors. They uh, had this big thing about Sonic going on because it was his birthday, and I said, hey, <laughs> I, I honestly didn't plan this. I could lie and say I did, but hey, we're doing our special 10th episode about Sonic, so it was neat how that kind of worked out. Oh, what, whatever, Nick. You're a professional, man. You, you, <laughs> yeah. you plan that You plan that from day one. No, I just thought, you know, this is Genesis Gems. We need to cover a Sonic game. <laughs> yeah. Our intro song, Sonic, the new outro song I put in the Sonic uh, track. So, I, I mean, noticed that. What was that, Marble Zone? Exactly, yep. Very nice. Yep, yep. So. The storyline, it's funny you think about storylines in old games. There's really really no cut scenes or no uh, no written text, but um, really the storyline is Sonic's trying to collect the emeralds, right? Six emeralds, I believe? Yes, was the Chaos six? Emeralds. Okay. Chaos Emeralds, exactly. So he's trying to save all these uh, animals that have been kind of turned into robots. So when you go through the stage, you're jumping on these robots, and animals, you know, whenever you jump on them, the, the real animal comes out. And, you know, you don't have to kill all the robots to actually advance in the game. At the end of the third level, after you beat uh, Dr. Eggman, Dr. Robotnik, whatever you want to call him, you jump on that big pod that releases all the animals. So he's, tr- he's trying to save that from... The evil Doctor Robotnik and whatever. So that's kind of the storyline in a very small package. <laughs> oh, well, I, I was just going to say, you know, you and I, we were discussing this. I think in maybe on NES podcast or, or somewhere we were discussing this. You know, what was the whole point of having the animals in it? Well, I finally figured it out. You know, I never really knew the story per se, but apparently these animals, Doctor Robotnik found out that these animals were a good, um, oh gosh, like organic source. Of battery power or something like that to bat- to operate these robots, and what these robots are supposed to do is uh, track down these chaos emeralds. And what they do is somehow they oh gosh, I, I had it written down. Okay, according <laughs> to the source I have, these chaos emeralds can warp time and turn thoughts into power. So he was going to take Ooh. over the world. That's scary. Yeah, with robots, <laughs> with animals trapped inside. That's right, robot animals. <laughs> and you know the thing—the thing that I don't understand, like you know, that's not quite. Uh, you, maybe you can explain it to me, but they'll have certain animals. You know, like the robots are designed to look like certain animals, like a crab. But then when you go to, you know, jump on the crab robot, a duck like bounces out. <laughs> you know, so I was like, I, I, identity crisis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't quite yeah, understand know. that. And it, is it randomized at all? Because that's something I didn't pay attention, and I'm going to now when I go back and play it. When you jump on this certain robot in a certain area, does the same animal come out? I I, that's a good question. I, I wonder if only yeah. like bunnies hop out of the crabs, and I don't know, yeah. ducks hop out of the worms. Who knows? 
And, and there's this one animal that comes out sometimes. It almost looks like a white ghost. I, I don't know what that's <laughs> supposed to be. Maybe like a seal or something because it kind of <laughs> drags on the ground. I was just, I guess kind of stopped today and started looking at that and thought, what is that, a seal? Couldn't figure it out. So uh, as far as storyline goes, I, I love Wikipedia's storyline story because it's just like a paragraph. And it says, an attempt to steal the six Chaos Emeralds and harness their power. The game's antagonist, Dr. Ivo Robotnik, Dr. Eggman, the original Japanese release, has trapped <laughs> the animal inhabitants of South Island in cy- cybernetic shells and metal capsule prisons. I like that. <laughs> oh, that's good. The player controls Sonic the Hedgehog, who aims to stop Robotnik's plans by freeing his animal friends and collecting all the Chaos Emeralds himself. So, <laughs> they they pretty much took Get Chaos Emeralds, Save Animals, and yeah. made it <laughs> a little bit more complicated. So. Right, right. <laughs> That's how a caveman would explain it. <laughs> Sonic, so easy, a caveman could do it. Yeah. And so, that's anyways. why we have this podcast. Yeah. We're the cavemen. So yeah, story. There's like I said, not not much going on for story. Uh, B- last week's show, Beyond Oasis, had a bit more of a story. So this yeah. Is... <laughs> so uh, on the gameplay, um, I always like to go over the controls of the game. And like I mentioned last episode, it's something I think podcast miss. This is a very simple control scheme. Uh, you got your directional buttons that take you left and right, and up makes him look up, and down kind of makes him spin in that little ball. And then the A, B, and C buttons all act as jump so a's jump b's jump and guess what c is uh crouch crouch <laughs> almost rob it's jump <laughs> so, but i gotta ask you a question this this is something that i i love to discuss this because we have three options to jump mm-hmm. what button did you hit the most to jump i'm a b guy a, you're a b guy i'm a b guy I, I stick with the c i don't know what it is about i me, like the c eh? yeah i got i got i got bigger hands so the genesis controller is kind of nice if it, i'm holding one right now it actually feels nice in my hand but the c button is just kind of naturally where my thumb goes right so i, I don't know i you know who knows but that, I, just, I just i thought that was a random question that I, you don't hear much I, th- I think later on is it in sonic 2 that only a certain button makes you do like the uh, spin dash yeah yeah i think i think that one is b and maybe i'm just kind of used to playing see like i said you know sonic 2 was the first game i ever got so i think pressing down and b was the rev up thing and then you can release it uh so i think that's maybe that's why i use b all the time i don't know it's one of those things i do without thinking about Mm. i don't know but yeah i I would just love i should have put that on the the facebook page as a poll what button do you use to jump in sonic oh that'd have been good yeah. So, so yeah, simple controls. Um, like, like I said, gameplay is a platforming. It's uh, left to right. And and the cool thing about this game, what I thought was always nice about platforming at this time, was that a lot of the stages let you go left. And, you yes. Know, you, like you think about Mario, you're pretty much just going right the whole time. Uh, you like to think about the marble zone. You're going left a lot down in the underground area. So I thought <laughs> that was cool. And um, what, what I love about this game is like. Um, the Green Hill Zone is like, let's show you what Sonic is all about. Go as fast as you can, jump a little bit, kill some enemies, and you're done. You get you get to the next stages. It's it's a little harder. You're 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 facing puzzles. You're you're jumping on uh, your real close platforms. You're not just running as fast as you can to the right. Yeah. So I, I thought that was really cool, clever how they did that. They kind of made you think that's all you're going to be doing, and then it kind of pulls you into a little bit more deeper of a game. Of a game, I it, think it's almost like the the first. You know, you, that's a really good point. It's almost like the first, probably three acts. It's like okay, let's let's show you what the Genesis can do. Let's show you how fast Sonic can move, and then you're like, wow, you know, because really, truthfully, the first act, uh, Green Hill Zone. You could fly through that within like 15 seconds, 10, 15 yeah. seconds. I mean, you could literally just sprint all the way through. Um, but then you, you're very right. You know, within the next, um, the Marble Zone acts, 
Oh my goodness, it's a, it gets harder very quickly. Yeah, yeah. As soon as you hit that underground area with all the spikes coming down, yeah, that that was that was a little right, difficult. right. And, and going back all these years and playing it again, I'm like, oh man, I was playing Green Hill. I was like, oh, this is an easy game. I can handle this. <laughs> exactly. And then, uh, and then I, as soon as you know, I was humbled very quickly as soon as I got the Marble Zone. <laughs> yeah, and then I'm pretty sure Marble Zone was completely inspired by Altered Beast, right? Oh, I was going to say that. I was going to okay, say that. Okay, I had that in my notes okay. because the background of uh, Marble Zone looks just like the cemetery scene in Altered Beast. Yeah, I was just waiting for someone to go, rise from your grave. <laughs> that Sonic right? just busts out. <laughs> yeah. He just jumps on Altered Beast and just keeps running. Yeah. <laughs> Take that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be cool. But that yeah. didn't happen. <laughs> that'd be awesome. Sonic yeah, Beast. Yeah. Sonic Beast. <laughs> That's a nice ring to it. It Sonic. does. Sega, don't take our uh, ideas. That might be the next Sonic game. That's right. <laughs> See, and, and talking about the stages, um, it's one, one thing. You know, you get the first three Green Hill Zone stages, and they all look very similar. But as soon as you hit that marble zone, it's like, wow, whole new stage, whole new environments. And I always thought it was the backgrounds are real busy in Sonic, and I thought that looked really cool. Um, Green Hill Zone with all the waterfalls and real bright colors. Like we said, you get all these real nice blues and uh, light, light blues and greens, and all of a sudden here comes Sonic just popping out, and just it looks gorgeous. The, the graphics definitely uh, took it to a new level in the right. 16th bit wars. I totally agree. I totally agree. I think you know up to this moment, this was released on June 23rd in 1991. Up to this moment, I I'll stand by this. I think that is the prettiest game that was released on the Sega Genesis because. Just let's just talk about Green Hill Zone. You got the water that moves in the background. It's not just kind of still. Um, you've got the flowers and stuff. Believe it or not, the flowers at the petals somehow they rotate in the wind. Yeah, and stuff. yeah. It, it's neat. There's so many things going on. It's like you said. It's very busy. Um, Marble Zone looks completely different. There, there's uh, the Spring Yard Zone, the Labyrinth Zone, the uh, Starlight Zone, and the the Scrap Brain Zone. I mean, the, you know, <laughs> I mean, they all look so different. The, there's a, such a variety, but every single one of them has something new to it, uh, and, and and just so much. There's so much attention to detail in this game to me that it's just incredible. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and. and not to jump too far ahead, but like just the setting and the, and the music and the, and the atmosphere, just it all just blends together so well. And that's that's what makes levels level design in a way. That's what makes it good. Is when you you can take every element of the game, you know, the gameplay, the environments, the colors, the music, and it all just blends into one. It actually makes you feel a little different when you're in each in each section. And I did because now when you go back and play Green Hill Zone, you, you're just all excited and fast and speedy. You get the mar- Marble Zone, the music kind of slows down a little bit. It's still mm-hmm. good tune. But you know, you know, you're like, okay, I'm not gonna be able to fly through this level. It, it's a, you gotta, you gotta settle down a little bit. <laughs> My first reaction is like, hold down right, go. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, just go, go for it, man. You're gonna die real quick. Yeah, you're gonna happens. jump on a spike. To my next point with gameplay, uh, one of the cool, the way you get your life in this game, you know, you think about Mario, where you start small, you get the mushroom, you level up, you can get hit again and go small. With, with this game, as long as you have a ring. Mm-hmm. And, I don't want to call it your inventory. <laughs> in your inventory, um, you can get hit once. And if you have a bunch of rings, you drop them all. And it's like a mad dash to try to collect them all again. So that, that way, if you get hit, you, you can keep getting hit that way. So I, I remember a few stages, I get hit seven or eight times, but I could go back and get rings and, and be okay with it. So I, I thought that was a real cool innovation this game gave uh, to, to do that. And of course, you know, if you collect 100 rings, you get, you get an extra life. Just kind of like Mario, 100 coins, you get an extra life. Yeah, but, um, that, that that's new because you know the coins. You know, in Super Mario, they don't they they're not capable of saving your life. You know, yeah, they, yeah. You, you could eventually earn an extra life, but I I like that as long as you have just one ring, 
you could still make it. You could get hit so many times, so long as you recover that one ring. And it gets stressful when you're when you're fighting Dr. Robotnik, and that's all you have. And right. You get hit, and you're trying so hard to get that ring without getting hit again. <laughs> yeah, right. Yep. So it's, it's just kind of a neat little strategy that you have to, you have to work through. So that, that's that's one big innovation. Another innovation I thought this game did was uh, checkpoints. And uh, mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong, but do you remember any checkpoints and platforms up until this point? Platformers? Oh. There, there probably was, but I, I can't think of any. I know Mario didn't do it until Super Mario World. Right. Oh, good question. I can't think of any off the top of my head. Yeah, so I, I thought that was a real cool uh, this was a real cool innovation because, um, like I said, Super Mario World did it on Super Nintendo, which I believe... Is that come on, ninety one or ninety two? Yeah, I think ninety ninety one. So I guess that that would have been around the same time. Now I do know that a lot of uh, side scrollers. You know, sometimes if if you died at a certain part, like I think Mega Man did this. If you died at a certain part in the game, you yeah, didn't have to start yeah. all the way at the very end that's, of that level. That's true. But you know, there was no kind of set checkpoint where, like you know, in Sonic, you can run through that little uh, pole thing and then it'll spin around and it'll turn red when you run through it. Uh, and you know that okay, from that point on, if I die, I'll start from that point. You know, like you know exactly where you'll start. Yeah, that makes that cool little sound effect. That, yeah, which <laughs> <laughs> yeah. is kind of a satisfying feeling because you, yeah, like you said, you know, you know that you're going to start back there. You, you, were, you never really were real confident in Mega Man. I, right. <laughs> I, I know what you're talking about now that that wasn't Mega Man, but you never really knew where that point was unless you just played it a million times and yeah, died a, cool. a million more. So yeah, that that was. I just kind of wrote down the word innovation and wrote those two two points there. Um, of course, with the boss battles, um, I thought those were pretty innovative because it was it was a different thing every time. I and mean, we're naturally going to compare this to Mario. So you know, Mario three was out at the time, and uh, most of your boss battles were you know pretty much jumping on the guy's head, mm-hmm. and he would spin it around in his little shell. But uh, and it's kind of the same concept for Sonic. But um, it seemed like Doctor Robotnik always had a new challenge. Uh, in the first stage, he had a giant disco ball, as I call it. <laughs> So that, that was really intimidating, and you just had to, you could jump through the, the chain links that were in it to kind of give you uh, a better... Uh, Why can you? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, that's how I beat it. Oh, <laughs> man, I died a couple times. <laughs> and I think uh, the Marble Zone, he shot fire out. Yes, so, yes, like, I'm, so you I'm would, pretty uh, sure uh, the fire was the the uh, Marble Zone one, and then which one yeah. was the one where he, he threw down the spikes? Was that the third one, the Spring Yard Zone? I think so. I think I, so. I, it, it, it was very... Few and far between when I made it that far. I'd, <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd be good to get past the marbles sometimes. Right, I understand. Especially playing at the old school way. Now, if I was using save states or something on one of the newer consoles, I, I I have beat this game before, but I don't think I'd be ever beat it on the original console. I think right. I did it with save states. So, so I just you know you have to learn from your mistakes. And I I don't think they were very generous with the continues because I, I remember no. I remember dying at the, at the what's the third one called the spring is the third one the spring yard I have a list here as a matter of fact uh, first one's green hill zone second's marble zone third is spring yard zone fourth okay. is labyrinth fifth is starlight sixth is scrap brain and then there's the final zone so okay that's okay. seven of them yeah yeah the, the spring yard I'd, I'd get lucky to get past that right when I, I play this, so. <laughs> yeah i understand <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was it definitely presented a good challenge, but uh, I'd, I'd, like I said, I loved the boss battles. So I thought those were pretty innovative, and it kind of was a staple in the next few games because Dr. Robotnik always had a new machine, whether it was some crazy on-the-ground vehicle or on the in the air. He always had some crazy machine he was going to you know, get you with, so I thought that was cool. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I also really like minor bosses or uh, minor villains, I guess, you know, just the robots themselves, you know, how they look. Uh, like, I love the little spiked um, caterpillars, you know, those purple things, you know, they got the bug eyes and bats and, and everything. And, and each level kind of introduced a new robotic enemy. And, you know, I got to ask you this, Nick. Were you more concerned about getting rings or killing the robots to save the animals? 
I think I was more concerned with getting rings. I knew the more lives I had, the the farther I could get. I I think that was kind of my. <laughs> see, see, my sister and I, we had when we had Sonic Two, we didn't care about the rings. We wanted to save the animals, man. We were like, we're saving every single one of the animals. <laughs> you guys had better hearts than me. I was just giving you. <laughs> I wanted money. You yeah, yeah. longer show, longer life. <laughs> yeah, show me the money. I understand. <laughs> you guys want to help people. I just want to live longer. So. <laughs> You know, I had a, I actually had a discussion about about Sonic with uh, Atari Man if he's listening to this, and as, I'd be surprised you, if he is. Yeah, exactly. If any of you listeners or retro junkie followers know, he's very anti Genesis, and uh, he was going on and on about uh, you know Sonic and how he was uh, what do you say he can't keep his cha- he can't keep his jewelry in his pocket, and <laughs> uh, you know he he was trying to hint to the demise of Sonic, and I, I told him Sonic was just he got too friendly. This was my opinion. Once he started throwing in all of his friends, like Tails and Knuckles, he just kind of lost that lore. I said Sonic needed to be a loner. You know, he, he's oh, out there. Collect- good point. Yeah, he's he's out there collecting all of his rings, keeping them to himself. You know, like 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 I said, he needed to just collect his rings, forget about everybody else. Uh-huh. I think I think he'd been all right. We, we we didn't need to add Knuckles to Sonic One. Yeah, it didn't need to happen. So. Right, right. Was- you know, and Knuckles kind of out Sonic. Sonic. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he, he's kind of like the tough guy. You know, he's like the wise guy. Yeah, and then Tails, you know, could run just as fast as Sonic and then fly. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. Who, You know, if you can fly, who wants to be, you know, on the ground? <laughs> exactly. You know, so, you know, I, I'm with you, man. Okay, well, maybe, maybe my theory wasn't so far off. <laughs> no, but, definitely you know, not. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm never going to be um, uh, able to best Nick DeMarco in a uh, Genesis uh, <laughs> argument. So no, we'll I don't just, think so. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, the game itself was, was pretty simple concept run jump i mean and that's all you needed and uh, i felt a lot of people complain about the mechanics that they're a little sloppy or unprecise but i, I thought they were great oh I in mean, this game yeah oh yeah. i i totally disagree with that yeah I, th- I thought they were very very tight and 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 one one thing that i really like and i didn't really notice when i was a kid but that when you can actually when you press up on the d-pad you'll look up and that comes yeah, in yeah. handy for sure in the later levels especially like I remember using that all the time with Marble Zone because if you look up, you'll see, okay, wow, there's spikes up there. You know, yeah. the camera will actually pan up for you, and if you look down, the same same thing. And and another thing is the bonus levels. You know, they're awesome. Have you? Have you uh... Yes, you have to. I believe you have to get through the level with 50 or more rings. I believe that's the criteria. Oh, okay. That, yeah, that giant ring will pop up at the end of the level when you jump through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- those are nice, and I kind of think that along with the. Uh, Oh, I've already forgot the name of the third third uh, zone. Spring Ship. Spring Yard Zone. Spring Yard Zone. I think that in the Spring Yard Zone kind of catapulted the idea of Sonic and Pinball. So it, you know when you roll, when you roll open a ball and kind of kind of do the uh, point system and collecting all the rings. So that those are definitely two big precursors to, to Sonic's Pinball, which we covered, I believe, in episode nine. And just you know talking about the bonus level, even that the design is phenomenal. It's cool. You know he's literally you know pinball bouncing around collecting these rings, and in the background I noticed. You know, at first you'll see all these, like, they look like seagulls and stuff. And then all of a sudden, yeah. you know, it's like a green background with seagulls. It's the weirdest thing. But yeah. and then all of a sudden it'll just kind of blend into a blue color with all these fish swimming around. And it's like, and, and in the middle of that, you got all these neon colors, you know, as you're bouncing off the walls that'll change colors as soon as you hit the blocks. I'm like, wow, there's so much going on. And that's the whole theme of this game. It's like a recurring theme. There's so much going on everywhere you look in this game, so... And I'm sorry, that was episode eight, Sonic Spinball. But to, to go back to the uh, special stage, yeah, the, the the it was almost like a dream zone to me. It was. The, the, it was very the music, trippy. Yeah, the music. Yeah, the music in the background was just some somber and kind of like I don't know. Like, like, where like, am I, man? 
Yeah, it was almost like a lullaby playing somewhere. So yeah, <laughs> I just thought that was kind of cool. Like, like yeah, exactly, because he kind of teleports, and it's like, whoa, I'm just going to collect all this stuff and try to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, that was kind of a, a start of the special stages too, because you know Sonic Two had had the kind of 3D looking special stages, and there's always that criteria you had to meet. But uh, yeah, that, that was really cool. I really enjoyed that. I actually had that written down the, the special stages. Oh, nice. So yeah, cool. Um, <laughs> funny story. I I really like um. We can just jump right into the, the sound or graphics here. I'm, I'm going to share the story real quick about the sound. Mm-hmm. But uh, just the sound effect of getting a, a ring I thought was cool. And this is – I wanted to film this and put it on the Facebook page, but I was afraid <laughs> to ask a lady. Uh, there's a gas station close to where I work. And every time they scan a barcode into their system, it makes the sonic ring sound. Oh, yeah. That, that's exactly uh, – uh, I got a Weigel's near uh, my house that does the same thing. Okay. Yeah, I was like, I that's Sonic. But and I said I asked the lady there one time, like, do you know what that is? She's like, I think it's from Mario. And I was like, oh, you did not just say that. <laughs> <laughs> but I really wanted to film it and put it on the Facebook page, but I was, I was too chicken to ask. <laughs> but uh, I thought that's awesome. Well, that's good. At least I'm not the only one that uh, has, has heard that before. <laughs> you think Sega has some like rights to that? Are they getting some kind of royalty from that? I don't. I don't. Some's tell me no. Yeah, every time I buy my Gatorade and pack of sunflower seeds, are they getting? <laughs> get some kind of royalty from that. Yeah. If that's the case, I'll buy more. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Maybe they can make a good Sonic game with that. Yeah, yeah so. please. So, uh, yeah, um, graphics. We we talked about graphics a little bit. Um, just gorgeous. I don't really have anything else to say. I, um, like I said, that we talked. I talked about the how they hand drew Sonic, and even in the game, you, you can see the the black outline pop out, and he's just. They did a good job of just making him pop out. I, I feel like I've said that fifty times, but I can't hit that point enough. You're right, though. I mean, it's it's got beautiful, beautiful, vibrant colors. I, I like the little the little things that they pay attention to, like the flowers spinning in the wind, the the water moving back and forth in certain stages. I like how even like you know when you, when Sonic crosses a bridge or something like that, it'll actually you know go down and give way a little bit you know just just little things like that that if you didn't yeah. really notice it, it it's you know sometimes it's the little things that make a game great and those are obviously um a big part of why this game is so amazing in my opinion developers work really hard on that kind of stuff and, and sonic's definitely yeah. fits that mold because the animations are so detailed uh, like when he starts running his legs go real slow and then when he gets to gets to that point where he's running at top speed it looks like they're like spinning in a pinwheel right and um, <laughs> and, um it, it's funny because when he tips next to an edge he kind of almost does that little motion where he's trying to balance himself where he's not falling yeah yeah he looks all scared <laughs> yeah and I, and I believe if you just let him stand still for a while he just kind of looks at you and attaches his foot I mean just you know that took a lot of work to do for stuff, stuff that a lot of people won't even notice so I, I really applaud developers for doing that kind of stuff I right. thought that was really good really good and of course you know a lot of times when in the, that era of, of gaming, when someone would jump and do like a like a spin or a uh, flip, it, sometimes it wouldn't look real good. But like, I don't know if you ever do this, but when I I had him jump one time, I'd start hitting pause real fast, kind of do like a slow mo, mm-hmm. and you can really see detailed animation when that happens. Um, I know a lot of games, like even one of my favorite games of all time, Contra. When you do that, it just looks like he's in a little a little ball and just kind of falls down. <laughs> but, but with Sonic, you can see the animation, and I just thought that was really cool. It's just a lot of attention to detail that you sometimes just had to pay a little extra attention to to really appreciate. So, big, you know, I, I, like I said, big kudos to developers who actually take that extra time to, to do that to games. Exactly. Man, you hit the nail on the head on that one. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, maybe I look at that a little too deep, but uh, I, I definitely I, I, I like that, especially when you're working with hardware. Yeah. As, as dated as that. I just think that's so cool. So, What's that blast processing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Genesis does what Nintendo does. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. So, yeah. So, you want to talk about the sound a little bit? I know you had some, uh, the, the, maybe the music. Or... Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, 
I have the name of the composer here, and uh, his name is Masato Nakamura. Uh, and, you know, he's kind of an interesting guy because, you know, he was a bassist, he was a uh, composer, uh, and a record producer. But from this, the things that I had on him, he didn't really compose for any other video games aside from Sonic 1 and 2. And he was originally supposed to be a composer for 3, but I think there were some financial disagreements between, you know, him and Sega and everything. And I don't think... Um, he ever really composed for Sonic 3. But, yeah, I mean, you just listen every single one of the tracks. They kind of have, like, these weird jazzy kind of um, techno-y feel to them. Every single one of them. And it's funny because certain composers, you can just tell it's their music. It's got a certain style. And the first, yeah. the first two Sonic games, that is obviously Masato's style. Uh, I mean, it, it, I've never heard anything like it, and I haven't heard anything like it since. Yeah, I mean, Green Hills, Labyrinth Zone. One of my favorite um, tracks is actually, and I, I've not gotten here yet. Uh, you know, I've, <laughs> I've not beaten this game. I'll, I'll just go ahead and tell you that. Um, at least not this time around. Yeah. Hey, there's, there's no shame. It's not easy. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I was listening to some of the tracks and everything because I just want to hear the this, um, tracks from every single level. And Final Zone, the very last um, act in the game, is my favorite. Uh, it's so good. It, it's so kind of dramatic, and it's the big showdown between Sonic and and uh, Doctor Robotnik. I mean, great stuff. I I was very very impressed with every track. You know, a lot of times certain tracks they sound kind of similar or they sound kind of generic. Not in this case. Um, yeah, yeah. Every track from um, each act is really really good uh, and distinct from one another. So I have to just give this guy major props, and I wish he would have composed more music for video games because he had a knack for it. But, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So good stuff, man. What was your favorite uh, track from this game? I, I think I have to go with the Marble Zone. Just it, 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 really, Marble I, Zone. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a fan of. I like all kinds of music, you know, mainly in the rock genre. But I'm a fan of like uh, progressive metal. Mm-hmm. So like I, I I like the band Tool. I really like the band Tool, and uh, they, they write a lot of kind of slower kind of very unique songs that have like different parts it's not your basic verse chorus verse chorus I just Marble Zone to me kind of had that feel like it was a rocking tune but it kind of had a tempo that wasn't like super 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 fast you know it was just it just there was a lot of artistic value in that song and I really enjoyed it and uh, you know it's our outro song performed by Daniel Tidwell and Mm -hmm. he's the man yeah Daniel Tidwell was amazing if you guys have never checked him out check him out he's doing a cool uh, um Kickstarter right now to, to fund his uh, third album, and like I said, he 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 agreed to let us use his uh, tunes for our, our podcast. But it's uh, facebook.com slash Daniel Tidwell official. Go check him out. Big plug for Daniel right there. But yeah. uh, so, but he does a great version of that song. But yeah, I think that's my that's my favorite one in the in the game. And uh, it's real funny because uh, someone asked me when I don't know if I was writing into a podcast or just talking, but someone asked what's the scariest music in video game history. And I said, the scariest music in video game history is when Sonic's about to drown. Oh, my gosh. Yes, I'm with you. <laughs> because you panic. And you're like, oh, gosh, i got to find a bubble. i got to find a bubble. Gotta and, get a- <laughs> and it gets louder and faster. Yeah. It's like, oh, my yeah. gosh. Oh. Like, I just thought that, that was brilliant because it really puts you in some – like, I, I literally will sweat when I hear that music. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. oh my gosh. And, and you see the, the clock ticking down. And you're like, I'm going to die. I need yeah. a bubble. And then he just kind of he just kind of gasps and has his mouth wide open and just falls off the screen. And like, it's cool when, when even when he falls off the screen, it looks like he's coming at you and then falls down. Yeah, he's like, I'm, I'm going to get you for yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> One more thing I want to talk about with the sound. Um, this, this really isn't a, a track or music or anything, but 
was this the first game that introduced the white screen with the blue Sega logo that goes Sega? Was there another game that did that before that? Oh man, that's a good question. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, I, I tried looking for that a little bit before the show and I couldn't find it. I so. don't, I don't remember one. But you know, I didn't. I, obviously, I haven't played every single Sega game, but I don't remember one. I got a couple of the launch titles and I popped them in. You know, neither one of them did it, so I was just kind of. If, if any of you listeners know that, please let us know. It'd be great to to know that for sure. Yeah, so all I'd, two of you, let us know. <laughs> yeah, because to me, you know, that that might have. <laughs> there might be more than two. Maybe three listeners. <laughs> maybe maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe me, you, and Michael Kelsey. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> so, but uh, that was just always kind of iconic, and it might have just been the, the Sonic games that did that. But always, every time someone would say Sega, I'd, I'd either think of that or I think of like with the commercial where they go Sega. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sega. Those, yeah, those were always kind of my my memories of, of hearing the word Sega. <laughs> Again, all the sound effects were just great in this game, from from jumping to getting the rings to get, getting the checkpoints like we talked. I thought so, sometimes, like, again, sometimes sound effects are overlooked, and I think those sound effects were very appropriate to that game. Oh, yeah, and then when you get an extra life, and you, you know... And that was good. It made you feel really accomplished, like, wow, I did it, man. Yeah, and, like, yeah, when you get the invincibility power-up. Oh, yeah. That's kind of the... It, it, that, that gets you pumped up too, because you're like, all right, I'm fast paced. I'm gonna run right through here. And However, it will not save you with the spikes. Exactly. I found exactly. that out the hard way many a day. <laughs> <laughs> Can't walk on spikes with invincibility. Powers, no, so. no. Sweet. Yeah, we, we kind of didn't even go over power ups. Um, so you had the invincibility force field, which lets you get hit an extra time. And what was else? I can get the ten coins. Were there like little TV screens you jumped on to get those? Is that what those? Uh, I, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I think that, I, that's what they looked like, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, I thought so. Yeah, it was like a TV screen that actually showed what it was inside. Sorry to jump around, listeners. We went from... <laughs> <laughs> I just forgot about that. That was an important part of the game, trying to find all those. So then when you jump in the, in the trees and the first in the uh, Green Hills there, some of those would pop down and you'd be able to get the power, which is pretty cool. That kind of covers all my, all the uh, main points there. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we get to the next section? Uh, you know, j- just kind of going back to level design, I just I, I, can't, I can't argue enough how great this, this the level design of this game is. I mean, every single level... Uh, is distinct. Um, you know, you've got like your robot levels, or you know, kind of like your factory levels. You've got outer space levels, kind of ancient ruin levels. You know, and then you've got the green hills. I mean, it's a little bit of everything. And I just, I think that to me is one of the biggest parts of the game that make it so good. It's just so varied, yet the gameplay is so strong at the same time. So we all know Sonic's gonna live forever because if, if you look at the list of systems this game alone is coming out on and been re-released. I mean, I, I'm not looking at the page now, but you, you got the Genesis. I know it was released on the Game Boy Advance, iPhones, <laughs> I, iPads, it's everywhere. Xbox Live, yeah, everything. I don't know every <laughs> compilation you can think of. So that this this era of, of gaming is going to live on for a long time. If uh, you know, because because they always get pretty good numbers when they're when they're on their systems. So, so I, th- I think that's pretty cool to, to know that this game's going to live that long. So bums like that. us will still be playing it. Exactly. You know, years from now, maybe a generation below us will be podcasting about it too. Yeah. <laughs> I, my daddy told me about this game. <laughs> I wonder if we'll still be podcasting when we're like forty or fifty or sixty or. Something like that. Who knows? Hope so. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm still doing some, gems. Exactly. Make, making some money at this thing. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> Insert ad here. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. So you want to go on to the next section? Let's do it. All right. This is our new section called the Retrofitted Achievements. The Genesis Gems Retrofitted Achievements. 
we want to thank Michael Kelser for letting us completely rip him off. This, uh, <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, like like I said in the last episode, his uh, and two dudes in an S, they they call it the retrofitted trophies, which trophies are in PlayStation and achievements are, are what we call in ours, and that's in the Xbox. So. Oh, nice. Changed it up a little bit, but uh, it's it's still the same concept. No, it's completely unique, <laughs> totally different, different title. Actually, I actually called him out because I just listened to their recent episode, and uh, he uh, mentioned having Justin film his daughter playing video games that they're going to play, and he said he's going to rip, rip me off. And I'm like, yeah, you did. That's Retro Junior right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, nice. So we'll, we'll, we'll trade off ideas. I'm right, right. With, I'm all right with that, Michael. And I'll rip both of you guys off. <laughs> <laughs> and run with it. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, retrofitted achievements. Um, I only had one last time. I only have two this time. I believe you said you had four. I do. Oh, man. See, I'm, I'm, I, I can't start winning this. Oh, you know, I got five, man. You got five. I just oh, counted them. I got five. That's not even <laughs> cool. <laughs> all right. Well, how are we going to do this if I only have two? Should I just blow by mine and then let you have the spotlight? I think that's what we'll do. Sure. Let's do it. Okay. So my first one, I kind of hinted at this earlier, but my first one's called Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Mo. And that is, you can't make up your mind, so throughout a stage, you used all three buttons to jump at one point. <laughs> nice. And my second and last one is called Dollar Dollar Bill, y'all. And that's getting <laughs> <laughs> I like that's, that one. <laughs> that's getting a hundred rings in one stage. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, I mean, you know, my mine, um, mine first one comes from the first level, or I should say, the third act of the first level, and it's called "He Came In with a Wrecking Ball." Should I sing it for you? <laughs> Do it. <laughs> he came in with a wrecking ball. That's the best. Who sings this song, Miley Cyrus? I believe so. <laughs> yeah, that's the best impression I've ever heard. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, and this is based pretty much when you die from uh, Dr. Eggman's Wrecking Ball at the end of uh, Green Hill Zone Act 3. Uh, that's my first one. It's definitely a Miley Cyrus uh, type Wrecking Ball because, like I said, it looks like a disco ball to me. So. <laughs> right. that's, that's, that's definitely a perfect theme for that. Right, right. <laughs> uh, my second achievement is absolutely marvelous. See what I did there? <laughs> I like that. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's when you get past the Marble Zone stages without dying once. Ooh. Yeah. The third one's called, If You Like It, You Should Have Put a Ring on It. Uh, and this is an award for going back. <laughs> now, I, got th- I learned this the hard way. I'm not going to sing that one because it's very repetitive and I'll keep going. Um, this is for going back to a checkpoint after dying and then dying again because you forgot to get a ring. So, yeah. Fourth one is You're Fired. And this award goes to when you get hit with uh, Eggman's Fireball and knocked into the lava. But, you know, the, the trick with this thing is you've got to say it like Vince McMahon. You gotta go. You're fired. (laughs) (laughs) And then, uh, and then the last one is um, now. This one I gotta give my wife a lot of props for. I was like, I was telling her, you know, the premise of the uh, award, and this is um, the award goes to you after Eggman drops a a block on your head. And instead of, I was gonna do drop it like it's hot, but she said, "You dropped a block on me." You remember that song? You dropped the bomb on me. I love it. Yeah. I love how you guys had like a cool music theme too. That's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, you dropped the block on me. Those are my uh, retrofitted Man. achievements. If we had to give an achievement for this uh, segment, you would have definitely took that one home. Oh, <laughs> that really? Was that was Sweet. good, yeah. I like that. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> if you like it, you better put a ring on it. <laughs> so good. Uh, yeah, I was singing it as I was playing the game. I was like, I got to stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whatever. You got it on your iPod, you know. <laughs> Right. <laughs> he had some Beyonce and he had some Miley Cyrus. I like it. 
right alongside Megadeth and Anthrax. You know how it is. Megadeth. We can do a whole podcast about that. That's true. Okay. Next section, we're just going to talk about critical reception. I'm not going to get too in-depth about this because I think everyone knows. But um, if you would go look, dig up the scores, they're all consistently at least over 85%. I don't think I saw anything that was – maybe one thing. I think I see 83%. But uh, – all the rating systems are 9 out of 10, 925 out of 1,000, 10 out of 10, 9 point. I mean, every, everything is very high. And th- those are based on the original game and the re-releases. So you don't see any bad scores for this game. So I'm gonna, we're not going to talk too much about that because I would have definitely gave them, even now and back then, it would definitely be a 9, at least a 9 out of 10, if not a 10 out of 10. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, and just a testament to the game, it was considered the best-selling game of all Sega systems, and it sold 15 million copies. You know, and the funny thing is, you know, the quality, according to the fans, you know, of the games probably declined a little bit over the years. But even with that, you know, Sonic and Mario still seem to be the top two video game mascots of all time. And it's basically based on these three games. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, the, the first three from, and then Sonic CD, I would say, you know, from uh, the early 90s. So, you know, the reception, even to this day, is very positive for Sonic. Next part, I like to go over pros and cons of the game. Kind of like a quick wrap-up, what, what we've already talked about a summary. So for me, my pros were, it was very innovative, just, just with, uh, not just with the graphics, but like with, with the ring system and, and, of course, checkpoints. Like we said, there were other games with checkpoints, but I think this one did it. And, of course, with the speed and the way the, the screen scrolled. And, of course, it was innovative in the fact that it created one of the biggest mascots of video game history. So I, th- yeah. I think that's a little, a little tidbit there we could add in. Um, but uh, really, I, my, my pros just kind of are so big, I don't really have any cons. If I could say there is a con, maybe there's not enough to do with your buttons because <laughs> all you can do is jump. <laughs> but, you know, they, they, they ended up they fixed that on Sonic 2 with, with the, the spin dash. I mm-hmm. think that's what it's called. And, um, you know, later iterations of the game, you could actually jump up in the air and hit jump again and you would shoot at your enemy. So they eventually improved on that. But even with that, that's a very small gripe that I don't even really want to consider a gripe. So right. that's kind of my quick summary, pros and cons. Of course, pros, music was great, sound, sound was great. Every, everything was great. I don't even have to say. I'm just going to say my pros equal great. So. <laughs> yeah. That, well, that's the same thing I put. I said pros, everything. You know, and, and what makes this game so incredibly good to me is just all the little things, you know, the animations, the level design, the music, the absolutely beautiful graphics and, you know, its unique look. It doesn't look like any other game out there. I, I In my opinion, I think this game deserves every bit of the hype that it gets and, you know, and Sonic is definitely a, a worthy Sega mascot. So, I mean, and the cons, uh, you know, considering this was the first game of the series, you know, it was so incredibly good right off the bat that I can't think of one thing that I don't like. You know, with, yeah. the, with the exception that, you know, maybe that it wasn't a two-player game. But to me, I didn't have to be. This game exactly. was superb just the way it was. Yeah. And it's funny because if, if, if there wasn't a Sonic 2, I would probably never thought of a con. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. You wouldn't have anything to, to improve on because there's nothing else. But yeah, absolutely. So is it a gem? Is this game a Genesis gem? Is it good? Or is it garbage? Yeah. <laughs> sure. I, I think <laughs> sure. <laughs> I, I think everyone knew that coming in. I don't even know if I even had to ask that question. It's absolutely a gem. I, I like I said I, I own the six pack, I have the original card. It's like I had it I think I had it on my Xbox. I might have bought it on my iPhone. It's just one of those games that I'm probably gonna have the rest of my life. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> it is a huge gem. <laughs> absolutely, man, absolutely. So hey, uh, you know, I, I gotta ask you this. What high score did you get? 
Oh, uh, you go first. Okay, okay. My <laughs> high score. I'm a little embarrassed. No way, no way. My high score was seventy-three thousand nine hundred thirty. Okay, I, I hit right at sixty-five. So. Oh, I got you for once. <laughs> yep. I can't remember. I, I forgot to take a picture of the screen when I when I died last. Uh, well, I, got, I, I, I didn't some... do one either. So you know, yeah, so you gotta uh, trust me. <laughs> I'm, 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 exactly. I remember hitting sixty-five. And then when, when I died, I was hitting start real fast to continue. Then I thought, oh, I didn't even write down my score. <laughs> so, but I knew it was right there in that area. So that, and that would that was just playing at the past few weeks. So. Yeah. Which uh, which act did you make it up to? The one that's like a pinball. Yeah. And then yeah. and then mine, I, I made it to the labyrinth zone, but it was just the first act, and I got game over. So. That game over tune is depressing. It's like it's it's, it's perfect. <laughs> oh yeah, and then it slows down at the very end. It's like. <laughs> they, they just had to rub it in. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> All right, so I think we can close the book on this and cue the gavel sound right now. It is a gym. I'll insert the real sound later, listeners. <laughs> so you'll, you'll hear the official gavel sound of the gyms. So case closed. This is a gym. And, it, yeah, you can't get any better than the Sonic games, in my opinion. It's what makes the Genesis. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, so cool. So thank you so much, everyone, for listening to Genesis Gems Episode 10. We really appreciate it. Thanks for sticking with us through the, the thick and thin, as we might call it. We, we kind of started strong, then had a had a break, and then came back strong again, had another break. It's so all Nick's fault. It is <laughs> all my fault. <laughs> no, it's probably all my fault. It is. <laughs> but we, we, we are going to do our best to keep it consistent this time, mm-hmm. as, as long as I can pull Hoser Rob out of his uh, <laughs> in, invention cycle. We don't want to disturb him too much, because I know he wants to make the big bucks one day. <laughs> But you know, and he's not a bum. Don't don't let that don't let that don't let that little uh, story at the beginning fool you. He uh, <laughs> he came out of it came out of it full on Rocky style. Well, and, you uh, know, I I you know you're a very motivational speaker. Yeah, yeah, my my monotone voice. <laughs> <laughs> it's stern. That not monotone. Stern. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Tell that tell that to my kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Rob, um, you you are going to be a mainstay on the show as, as long as as long as I can keep you motivated but do you want to again the next segment of the show is to give your promotions again so just real quickly talk tell them where you can find turtle flakes and where they can follow you at oh absolutely man and uh happy to be back on man it's it's been a blast i'm really excited about all the future games i can't wait man uh and then you know just again another show that i do with my good friend josh is turtle flakes uh you can find us on facebook.com slash turtle flakes podcast we're on itunes and podomatic.com awesome Got a random question for you. It's sure. something I do when I podcast. Do you move your hands a lot? Like you're talking to the computer? Yes. If, if you would see me right now, I'll, I'll look hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I just noticed that. Oh, my gosh. I, I talk, <laughs> I'm so – and the thing is, see, I, I can't hardly hear out of my left ear. So, like, a lot of times I shout. I'll listen to myself. I'm editing. I'm like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> shut up, Rob. <laughs> too much, it's too much Megadeth. That's it. <laughs> yeah, so. too much Megadeth in my left ear, apparently. <laughs> so, anyways, you can find us, the Genesis Gems, on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Genesis Gems Podcast. If you'd like to send us an email for any reason, whether you just want to say, hey, you know, what's up, Genesis Gems, or you want to write us a review on a game or something, you can email us at Genesis Gems Podcast at gmail.com. We are on Podomatic. We are on iTunes. And please, 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 if you're listening to this and you enjoy us just the slightest little bit, <laughs> go to iTunes and give us a good rating. We're, uh, like I said, we're, we're new to the store again. Uh, we were on there before. And like I said, I, I thought I canceled the pro subscription, but I canceled the whole feed. So that was my fault. So we are back there now and with a new feed. So hopefully we can get some reviews going again, get our listener rate up, and uh, you know, get more excited about these Genesis games. So. And please don't give us one star. Please. Yes, yes. If you're going to give us one star, why don't you just email me at bad, 
you can email me a threat letter. Right. Feel Tell us how it. bad we are instead of just one starring us. Exactly. <laughs> so, okay, so for episode 11, we're not going to tell you what we're going to cover, but we're going to throw a hint in right here. So, again, thank you so much for listening. With that, I am Nick Stevens, alongside my awesome co-host, Rob Luther, and we will see you next time. Peace. Got any naked death? Yeah. <laughs>